welcome back to another great edition of Talking Tigs. I'm your host, Scott Gerard, joined as always by my faithful co-host, Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. Um, ball season is about wrapped up. Only the title game left. We will get into that as the playoff games have uh, have both been played. We only got the finals left. Uh, some other interesting bowl games. I don't know if you, anyone had a chance to see them, you guys in particular. Uh, we're going to talk about that as well and also cover all the all the LSU players that are staying and the ones that are taking their talents to the NFLSU. Uh, but before we get into all that, uh, I wanted to check in with the co-host to see how you guys are doing. Hopefully you had a uh, a good New Year's and all that. Got to watch some football, have, uh, have some time to recharge, get ready for the new year. New season, new pod, all that. So, uh, so, so how are you guys doing? Happy New Year, by the way. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to all the listeners as well. Back again, 20, first podcast of 2021, uh, but not the last podcast of 2021. So I'm excited. I feel like after, you know, kind of like you said, the bowl season's wrapping up a little bit, watching the other teams play. Of course, LSU didn't have one. I'm getting a little bit excited about uh, about our season already next year. You know, I feel like uh, I feel like we might have some momentum. Yeah, we, we took a little break. Last podcast was our first week off since the we started this thing, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, 70-something episodes in. So that was a nice little break. But, yeah, good to be back with you all. Had a good New Year's. Um, excited to be potting for 2021 and recapping some of these announcements and, and rumors that have been going on. Yeah, and uh, there have been quite a few, actually. And I, I don't remember when exactly it started or or with who, but – uh, I don't know. I guess we could just uh, give a a quick rundown uh, of you know what we know so far. Um, LSU senior wide receiver Racy McMath. He's headed to the NFL. So is Jacoby Stevens. He actually accepted an invitation to play in the Senior Bowl as well. Um, and uh, we are going to lose foot, fullback Tory Carter. Uh, I don't know. It's you know you, every team expects to rebuild, but you just you never want to lose that fullback that. Um, <laughs> they kind of held the team together. Um, and also we're losing our, uh, our all-star punter, Elish, uh, Zach von Rosenberg. I don't know if he's really all-star. I'm just calling him that. Cause, uh, he just seems like an all-star around. Wasn't he one of, one of like two all sec or all Americans. I think he was, I know he was on the Ray guy. He was like or... second or third team, all sec. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, 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 that yeah. counts. Yeah. Yeah. It counts. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's, he's taking his talents to the NFL also might as well. I mean, he already played for, you know, the, uh, the MLB and the minors. So <laughs> that's, that's, that's quite a story he's got going. Um, and also, uh, you know, LSU is still looking for some coaches. Uh, kind of thought we'd as had a coaching hire named by now. Not really. Well, I mean, you know, the, not, not the big splash LSU did, uh, did say that, um, you know, there, there's some assistance moves, I guess you could say. Um, a longtime assistant AD Sam Nader's retiring. Austin Thomas, who was, I guess, a you know, a, a assistant to the program, uh, he's actually returning to the staff. He uh, left Florida a while. Went out to USC. Uh, I think he went somewhere else. I think he went to was it Baylor? Yeah, he went to. I think he went to Baylor too. He went, he went to some a couple other places, uh, but he's coming back. Uh, to, to help with the program and um, LSU is retaining uh, in one of the few Liam's in college sports, Liam Shanahan's going to be returning. Uh, and then just a, a slew of LSU defensive linemen, which, Oh, I, I, actually, I guess since we're talking about um, uh, Liam, uh, Jason Hines has decided to stay and Neil Farrell said he was returning and Glenn Logan just flirted about coming back. Uh, we're going to lose Eric Gilbert. I don't think there's any surprise there. But uh, Ed Ingram and said he was going to return, uh, as well as Andre Anthony, and um, I think that was about it, guys. Did I? Uh, Jabril Cox is declaring for the NFL. Uh, well, we did, got, I, did I miss anybody other than that? Did you get Ollie Gay? I did. I did not. Thank you for reminding yeah. me. Ollie Gay did as well. No, uh, he's, he's coming back. He's returning. He's returning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. That's a pretty good crop of uh, you know people that. You know, I, I, I guess it could have gone either way. Some I did expect, like I expected Eric Gilbert to leave, you know, after he opted out. Um, I wasn't sure about Jabril. We kind of thought maybe he'd benefit from another year, but uh, I don't know. Maybe he got a good draft grade or maybe he just feels that confident. So he's going to go. I'm pretty sure he's going to get picked up. I mean, right. I mean, someone's going to draft him. I, I, I really don't doubt that. 
I mean, um, I think I think he's probably one of the top linebackers in the in the draft when you think about it. You know, you got Dylan Moses, who's probably the f- number one overall draft, uh, number one overall uh, linebacker. But I mean, Jabril Cox had a great year. Showed a lot of. Uh, he showed that he's he's kind of a the prototypical new age linebacker he you know he had what three interceptions and a pick six mm-hmm. so um you know in in today's nfl as at linebacker you got to be long fast rangy and be able to cover from side uh you know from uh sideline to sideline and uh he showed he can do that. He showed he can play in pass coverage and and also you know play stopping the run. So I, I think I was I was a little bit yeah. I think we all talked about how we we wanted him to come back. We thought he might have something else to prove. Well, I don't know if he has something else to prove. He he could gain a lot. I think you know staying that extra year and kind of doing what Dylan Moses did and just absolutely shoring up that he was the the top linebacker because I think a lot of people said Dylan Moses could have gone last year as well. Yeah. Um. But I'm not surprised that he's going on, and I wish him all the best. I think he was a good – he was, a, you know, one of the one bright spots of our defense this year. So um, – and it kind of makes sense for him, you know, playing at North Dakota State for as long as he did and then coming here for that one kind of – to put a bow on his college career, show he can play in the SEC, the top, you know, uh, conference in the uh, – in college football and then go on to bigger and better things. Yeah, he was one of the the few kind of highly touted NFL prospects from this year's class. After last year, we had like 11, it was more than that, like 14 players drafted. And this year, really, it's only like Jamar Chase uh, and Terrace Marshall at the top. And then after that, there's Jacoby Stevens and Jabril Cox, probably second to third round-ish picks. And so, yeah, that's uh, good for him. Hopefully he gets drafted. But I think I saw a stat. It was like 17 of 22 starters returning for LSU. So pretty much the, the flip side of what we saw last year. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the the departure of talent has hurt us definitely this year. It wasn't the only problem. But retaining so much stuff this year is definitely going to be a big benefit. Uh, the cohesion already with these players is just going to be something to build on and just integrate the the new recruits that are coming in. So, uh, it's definitely something for the Tiger Nation to to be happy about at this point and look forward to for next season. Well, and it's almost like, uh, you know, an answered prayer almost because we talked about on our podcast right after the uh, – right after signing day, I think the main criticism that all three of us had or concern, not even criticism, but concern was where is the offensive line? You know, like where is that production going to come from? We haven't seen much production from – uh, our recruits from the last couple of years. And now we're not really seeing any, any offensive line prospects be picked up in, in the, uh, in recruiting. So when you get back four offensive linemen, I mean, that's pretty big. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think mm-hmm. that's going to be huge. This is a group that ended up playing pretty well the past two games and gave Max Johnson a lot of time to, to make good throws. And, and, uh, you got to think they're going to improve, especially with, uh, you know, presumably a spring, a spring ball and, and full on uh, off season training camp. So uh, I think that's, I think that's the biggest, the biggest news for LSU right now is keeping that offensive line. Yeah. And I mean, that was one thing that played like just literally plagued them this year. I, I could say you could probably chalk that up to at least two losses, you know, just where it's like LSU, like that Texas A&M game, I guess for, for one, for me, it's because it's like the defense kept them in that game. Texas A&M, they, they, they only scored 13 points. You know, it's like if LSU could get two, two touchdowns, uh, they, they, you know, possibly could have won that game. So, like, that's just an example of, like, wh- you know, how beleaguered uh, the team was after last year's, uh, you know, grand success and then just mass exodus of players. So hopefully we're getting them all back. And if they stay, that's great. That'll be good for whoever's coming in, which, you know, we still don't know. Um, and yeah, signing day, it's like they, LSU's good at getting all these, you know, position players and just marquee players and just, they, they've got to shore up their lines. Oh, you know, I has been doing that a lot on the defensive line cause he had to, but, uh, you know, you, you definitely want to see that on the offensive line as well, because, uh, defense can stop them all day long, but you still got to put points on the board. You know, someone, someone's got to protect max and, or, well, Max, Miles, TJ, Max, Garrett, yeah, whoever, whoever else is going to be there. Uh, but, you know, they also got to, you know, make some running lanes too. Uh, Cause you know, defense can't win it alone. Yeah. On Saturday they had a, 
signing day special and Tristan Lee, uh, people thought it was either LSU or Oklahoma primarily. And he actually went neither. He committed to Clemson. And so that's a, a big surprise for everybody and too bad for Tiger Nation. And then the number one overall pick, Corey Foreman, who we've been talking about on this podcast for months, ended up staying home at USC. Uh, so we missed out on him as well. So we kind of went over on that one. So uh, not too much left on the commitments, although we did get a commitment from a three-star guard who was formerly committed to Florida State. Um, Kimo, and has he has a Polynesian hard to pronounce last name, but uh, yeah, I guess we we beefed up a little bit filling those spots. Yeah, I'm not, I mean, yeah, it's right. I I did miss that. So, uh, but I, I know that I know who you're trying to Kimo Macaniole. I think I got that close. Macaniole. There we go. I think that was right. Uh, yeah, but I mean, it's, it, in order to compete, you know, with the Alabamas, because it's like something that Saban's always been able to do. It's like no matter what else he's recruiting, uh, you know, known to be uh, a good recruit for, you know, he's a defensive guy, but it's like he always gets these five-star guys, even out of our backyard, like Cam Robinson. You know, it's like LSU's got to start getting those guys, even just one, one a cycle, two a cycle. Uh, but they, you know, they just they haven't been able to do it consistently, at least at, at that level. Um, but, you know, I guess we'll see. I, I think that could, uh, maybe and the next OC. Well, they, they, they're talking about, um, well, before we get in the question, I wanted to mention the other departure, the big one, which I haven't really talked about, which is Eric Gilbert, uh, entering the transfer portal or at least suppo- or did he? supposedly entering the transfer portal. Yeah. It was kind of weird. I don't know if you saw this Scott, but a couple of days ago when he announced that he was homesick and he wanted out LSU, he said on Twitter that he was verbally entering the transfer portal, which, I didn't know that was a thing. Um, and then, yeah, just today, uh, January 4th, reports are coming out that he has yet to, like, put his name in the the actual thing, and he is not in the transfer portal as of yet. And so we don't know exactly what's really going on with him. Probably he's going to be on the way out eventually back to Georgia or some other school. But it's kind of strange. Like, why would this guy, like, make a big spectacle about it and then, like, just not do it unless he's having second thoughts or, or whatever? Right. Or, I mean, I I did see that and it did seem strange to me that he says, all right, I'm just, I'm verbally, you know, entering the transfer reporter. It's like, well, just, just do it. You know, it's like people that say, all right, guys, I'm just, I'm taking a break from Facebook. You don't have to tell us, just do it. (laughs) You know, Uh, just, just do it. Uh, Like, why, why do we need the announcement? I, so yeah, I did notice that. I thought it was strange. I thought maybe he thought that's something he wanted to do. Maybe he's letting people know to, so they can contact him. I, I don't know. Really don't know. But um, either way, uh, you know, I kind of figured he was gone after he opted out anyway. So I, I feel like that's just so 2020. Um, but that does that does that round out all the uh, the stays and goes? And then there was kind of one more. This is very speculative rumor, but uh, on the the talking tigs TikTok, I had somebody send me a message and say like, check out this video that TJ Finley just posted. This was on Saturday. Uh, this was a guy at SEC football uh, with two I's instead of L's in football. But he's yeah, actually so go check it out. It's a good account. Yeah, he's actually got a lot of videos. But so this video that TJ Finley posted, he was just like in his car with who a girl, I assume is his girlfriend or something, just kind of hanging out. And then somebody commented um, on that video and said, uh, let me pull it up here. They said, why are you leaving LSU? And you can like like comments on TikTok. And he liked the, the one guy's comment said, why are you leaving LSU? And that was the only one he liked out of all like maybe seven comments. So, and then just now he's like removed his like. So maybe he got exposed for, uh, for doing that. But I don't know. That's the only video he's ever posted on TikTok. And somebody commented, why are you leaving LSU? And then he liked that comment. So uh this is pretty much just a rumor at this point, but TJ Finley may be exposing himself on social media a little bit. Yeah. You gotta be careful what you like. I mean, I don't know if the coaches are really watching likes on TikTok. And that that could just be a a 18 year old, just kind of trolling the fans a little bit. That's perfectly normal, (laughs) but it's something to watch out for. I, you know, I think we, uh, I predicted earlier on this podcast, I think one of our quarterbacks is going to leave and, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's TJ. I feel like it's either going to be TJ or miles. And uh, maybe he's hitting at making a change. It's something to watch out for. Yeah, I mean, I doubt he's going to switch to to wide receiver. But uh, I mean, I I did see Miles. I don't know. He he I thought he posted something 
some some inspirational thing. It, it made it seem like he was definitely coming back. I, I think Miles is all in. I mean, he, I mean, I guess he could transfer and start over again, but I just don't know if he was uh, like this was his first season starting, and he only got in like a few games before. You know, he was just kind of benched. Well, not benched, but just, you know, like medically sidelined, put on the injured reserve, I guess. So I I don't know that, like, he would have, you know, if, like, it's, you know, it's not Joe Burrow transferring or it's not Baker Mayfield transferring and, like, you know, where everyone thinks, all right, well, you're probably going to get the job. You know, I I don't know if Miles would have that uh, clout, so to speak. Daniel, what what is it – that TJ Finley has as his location on his most recent Instagram post. Yeah. And this is just two days ago. I don't know if anyone else has noticed this, but I hadn't seen that, but TJ Finley just posted a couple of pictures of himself, just throwing the football. looks like it's some high school field. And then the com or the captions, whether you like it or not, you're going to feel me regardless, but the location is fed up. Um, so I don't know what he's, what he's fed up with, but maybe his situation at LSU, I'm not sure. But that's kind of weird. He doesn't really seem to be directing it at anyone, but he's just saying that he's fed up. <laughs> yeah, well, either maybe he's either fed up, like I'm about to show out and, and I'm taking my taking what's mine, taking that first starting maybe, spot. Maybe he just had a big meal and he's fed up. Yeah, he's he's been <laughs> <laughs> like he just got fed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's the name of a restaurant. You're right. It's not a. Uh, I think that's a <laughs> that's a that's a buffet spot over off the skyline. I think. No, I'm joking. Uh, yeah. I, 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 you wouldn't put you if he was like, oh, I'm going to take what's mine. That'd be more like location, you know, motivated or hungry, not fed up. Yeah. Fed up means you, you, you know, you're sick of it. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what all that means. I'll, I'll let, uh, I'll let the coaches, you know, deal with that. You know, I mean, if he leaves, I understand. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to lose too much sleep over it. You know, I mean, he, I mean, LSU gave him a chance. I mean, that's, that's what they did. It's like, if he was truly like the guy to lead LSU, I don't know. Do you guys think, you know, things would have been differently this year? You know, like, would he have just played the rest of the season after, you know, Miles got hurt? Uh, it's hard to say, like for a, for a, a true freshman to come in and just absolutely like take the team to, to, you know, glory. You, you think about like like players who've done that, like <clears throat> Tua, Trevor Lawrence. I mean, I don't even have to, I guess, I mean, Tua in the, in the national championship game, but he didn't even have to play multiple games, but Trevor Lawrence came in in the you know, second game of the Clemson season to, and took them all the way to the championship. Um, I, I, you know, Trevor Lawrence was the number one rated quarterback like of all time or something. So uh, TJ's not that guy. Um, I don't know if, I don't know if him not, you know, taking this all the way this year is really indicative of his entire talent or his, his ceiling. But I think just, just based off of what I saw, I lean more towards miles than TJ. And I think a lot of people do. I think that's kind of the general consensus. So maybe, and that might, you know, maybe he kind of feels like that um, is the feeling in the program as well. Well, you you don't even have to go to, you know, compare him to Miles. Like if I'm just looking at him. I'm sorry, not Miles, Max. That's what I, yeah, I'm sorry, Max. Yeah. I mean, you could compare him to Miles too if you wanted, but uh, yeah, just based on what we saw throughout the, uh, you know, the remainder of the season, looking at Max or TJ, I, you know, I would have to side with Max as well. Uh, Just, you know, for different reasons, not just because, you know, he was there when they won games and, you know, TJ, TJ wasn't, but it, you know, it was, you know, there was, there was actually some, some tangible things you could look at, like, uh, you know, just how, how mobile he was in the pocket and just, I, I guess you could say, you know, certain decisions, uh, you know, like Max, Max had pretty good ball security, I thought. Um, but, you know, there's just a couple things off the top of my head, but I, you know, it'd be, you know, I wouldn't, I would hate to see him go, but I, I would totally understand, but I, you know, it's a court, it's going to be a crowded room, right? Cause you know, they have other guys coming in. So uh, what's, what's a guy to do. Um, but I don't know. I, I still, I don't know. Would you guys be like, would you be surprised or would like, if, you know, what if someone came in, uh, let's say LSU gets its new OC and he comes in and he, you know, looks, looks at what he's got. And then there's another Joe Burrow situation where someone wants to transfer. I don't know. I can't say that. Oh, wouldn't consider it 
you know, especially if he has some new OC coming in. Like, this is my guy. I want this guy. Then it would make it even more crowded. You know? Yeah, I mean, it, it would be even – yeah, you're right. It would be even more crowded than it already is. But I, I can't say right now that I'm – okay, if we're looking at the quarterback room right now and – we'll say miles is healthy. You know, he's, he's gotten completely better and, and everyone's, everyone's healthy. I, I don't think that I'm so in love with miles Brennan that I turn down someone who, uh, right. you know what I mean? So I think, uh, I think that, um, yeah, I, I think that's definitely an option. I'm trying to think, I don't know of, I don't know of anybody, who who might be transferring, but I'm sure there will be people who who enter the portal. Yeah, there already there, there already were a couple. Sorry, uh, Daniel, go ahead. I'll. Oh, I'll I was going to counter and say that yeah, I haven't really seen too many like superstar names out there, but there's always people popping up. I guess like yeah. you, who you wouldn't even really expect, like Jamie Newman to Georgia last year, and then he didn't even play. But yeah, that was weird. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think, but just I to think the Georgia would have been really good if he'd played. Yeah. Well, just just in the SEC, you know, from what I've noticed, and that's why I brought it up, is uh, Garitano from Tennessee. He's transferring. He's ready to play. Uh, So is Linsky, the guy from South Carolina. He actually started his freshman season, uh, did fairly well. Then he, I guess, he just fell behind, you know, the other other competition on the team. Uh, I don't know if that's indicative of him or just the system or what, but, uh, you know, um, or must champs, you know. You know, whatever whatever offerings he he had going, but uh, those are just two names I saw, and you know who knows what else would come out of the you know the rest of college football world. But O is not shy about taking on uh, transfers, so I I don't know. It was just a interesting thought because you know, like we said, if LSU's going to clean house and if whatever they need to go to the next levels, maintain just so people don't say one hit wonder, which is still just silly, but whatever. I will say though, I I I don't want Garantano, and I don't really want Helinski. Definitely don't want Garantano. <laughs> right. <laughs> like I I couldn't say that he's better than. I don't think I he's would better say that than Max or um, Miles Miles or TJ. Or right. at least, and I know his ceiling's not higher than 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 either of the the two freshmen. Right. Well, all things being equal, also, I, I would just rather keep the guy we already have. You know, if yeah. they are equal, then why why bring somebody else in just to take a sidestep? Uh, but anyway, um, but, uh, you know, it all, all comes back to who LSU is going to have coaching these young men. Uh, you know, there's plenty. This is, you know, just coaching, coaching hire season. And LSU still is, uh, you know, not hired anyone for their offensive or defensive coordinators, although – there's some names floating around out there. Um, for instance, uh, Cincinnati's defensive coordinator, Marcus Freeman, uh, he is expected to interview for the same job with LSU. Um, I'm guessing, uh, I believe it's this, this week. Um, he, uh, is, his lineage goes back to Ohio State where he played. He actually, he actually coached there too. He was a linebacker. Uh, but he spent some time at uh, Kent State, Purdue, and then uh, became the defensive coordinator at Cincinnati. Um, he it said he was looking to be a head coach somewhere, but I don't know. I guess he would take a defensive – like if he took a defensive coordinator position at LSU, that would be a step up from defensive coordinator at Cincinnati, I would think. Uh, I guess the only thing about that with me um, is, you know, he's, if he's looking to head coach – same as, you know, some other guys on after a year or two. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, 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 he would just be a stop and I don't want it to be another one year stop, you know, like a Kevin Steele or, or whoever else. Um, I mean, he's, he, I think he's a, he's got a lot of, uh, uh, talent for a coach. He was a Broyles award finalist, uh, this past year for defensive coordinator. Uh, he actually was offered a job, uh, as a defensive coordinator of Michigan, didn't want it. Uh, he could have gone back to Ohio State to coach linebackers, didn't want it. Same with Tennessee Titans, he didn't want it. So, I mean, he guys has options. So, uh, like I said, he may be looking for a, uh, that next step up, but, like, LSU wouldn't be his, his last place. So, it's like we, we wouldn't get him for, like, three, four years, I don't think. So, I, I don't know. Do you, like, do you want a guy for one year? Like, he – I don't know. I would hope Scott Woodward has, you know, 
all this in mind. Uh, he, he knows what he's hiring. But um, as a defensive coordinator, I hadn't really seen any other names. You guys? Derek Mason's been floated around a lot. Yeah, I saw that, but I just saw him. Um, I think that I think that, and I texted this to y'all after you know, gosh, I guess like over a week and a half of no news. Really, you know, there's some some rumors of people interviewing and some oh, it might be this guy, but no, no, no name is really stuck out. You know, I remember a year ago when we were talking about who's going to coach the defense after after uh, Aranda left. Polini's name came out pretty soon and it stuck the whole time. And eventually, sure enough, you know, that was, that was who it was. Um, other than, you know, other than Marcus Freeman, there really hasn't been a, a name that has been just, you know, on everybody's mind, I, I think. And, and especially since they didn't make the announce, they didn't make any announcement, you know, in the past week and a half, I think that, I think that we're probably really gunning for him especially since they had to, you know, they just finished their season. They played on uh, what was it on New Year's day? Yeah. They played New Year's day against Georgia Cincinnati yep. that is. So um, I, I have a feeling, you know, we were waiting for uh, Freeman's season to be over and now we're going to make the pitch to him and really try to go after him. And after watching uh, Cincinnati play Georgia, I, I like what I saw. So yeah. um, the only thing that I think could be an issue for, for and not just for Freeman, but for any, any defensive coordinator coming in who will ha- who who runs a different personnel scheme than you know what Pelini was running this year is uh, and I, I don't know it might not be as much of an issue just because we still have a lot of the leftover talent from when Aranda was here, but uh, Freeman runs a three three five so three down linemen three linebackers and five DBs. Um, I, and after watching the way that, you know, Polini was basically out before he even got in, you know, after about game two, everybody knew he was gone. I can see where it might be, it might, you know, coming into the, into the hornet's nest of LSU might not be as attractive of a job because you think to yourself, okay, well, like I don't have the personnel that I really want right now. I won't be able to get it for, we'll just say a year or two before I can really recruit and get my guys in and get them, you know, ready and accustomed to what I'm doing. And, you know, who knows if I'll even get a year or if I'll get two years, I can see where that would be a hang up. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I I would imagine that. And a lot of people will say, well, she just has the talent. Like everybody, you know, everybody in that building is talented enough to do whatever you ask them to do, which I think is true, but I can see where, you know, he might say, well, if I'm going to be coaching the sec against the best offenses in the country, I want the best possible defensive players I can get for my thing and I don't for my for my off for my defense and if I can't uh ensure that I don't meet the end of you know the bitter end of Polini then I don't know if I want to take this job mm-hmm. yeah and I wanted to, to talk about your first point Scott which is people's concerns that if we do hire him he's in his mind he's kind of head coach bound eventually and he might leave LSU for a, a bigger and better position and I don't know if that's really such a, a big problem I mean Alabama kind of does this all the time with they roll through offensive coordinators every like two years ish because they're always getting promoted to head coaching positions in the NFL. Same with defensive um, coordinators. Yeah, exactly. So, but the, the program around them stays good and it's, it's tough to find a, a good guy for the, or I guess girl for the job every two years. Tommy's getting grimacing. Um, he's, he says that women aren't allowed to coach football, Mm-mm. but uh, not at all. The Becky Hammond just coached the San Antonio Spurs the other day. Is there I, I watched. head coach? Uh, but yeah, so it's hard to find a, a good person for the job every two years. But I mean, why would you not? If he's the best for the position, pay him the money and get him in there. I think and enjoy it kind of while it happened. I mean, that's kind of what we got with Aranda when he was there for what two years and then he was out. Uh, but you kind of put yourself in the position to where you can succeed for that time at least, maximize your talent and then move on for the best. And then it gives you a reputation of being a factory for head coaches. So the other promising uh, coordinator and analyst, whoever they want to come in and get that opportunity. So I think that's fine. Uh, but if Marcus Freeman says LSU is his destination, then I think we're going to get him. Yeah. Um, well, the, the only thing I would say about, you know, the, all the, the coordinators Alabama goes through, I mean, yeah, there's a turnstile over there, but you know, like you said, the program around it, 
it always maintains the same level. It's like people can come and go there because yeah. I, I don't know, I guess because of Saban, you know, it's like, he's just got that program. It's, you know, it's just like our economy. Yeah. There might be some dips here and there, but it's, it's never going to dip way out of bounds because what's in place is, is just like the standard, like Nick Saban in his, you know, the process or whatever, that's like the standard in college football. And as long as he's there or wherever he goes, I feel like it's going to be the same thing. Uh, I wish we had that luxury to where we could have people come and go and it didn't matter, but uh, Coach O ain't there quite yet. I, th- uh, I think you're kind of right. You know, they, they always say Saban doesn't coach players. He coaches coaches. And so, right. you know, when he brings in coaches, whether it's an offense coordinator, defense coordinator, analyst, quarterback coach, whatever, he is, he's not really concerned about, uh, you know, well, how, how are the players, you know, what, how are you coaching these players? Because he knows that that needs to be, that's the prerequisite. He's not going to hire you if you can't do that. What he's then coaching is making sure that, that that continuity that you're talking about, that they've had since 2009 when they won their first national championship, that, you know, that uh, Pete Golding is coaching the same way that Jeremy Pruitt coached is the same way that Kirby Smart coached. And so, um, yeah, I don't know if we're at that point yet. I hope we could be at that point. That's what we need. That's where we need to be. That needs to be the goal. And because, you know, I, I think that if, if uh, Brent Venables left Clemson, which he hasn't, he hasn't yet. And a lot of people, you know, there's been speculation of him leaving at some point and he hasn't, but um, I think Clemson would be okay. If Brent Venables left, I think, you know, you know, so these, you know, some of these programs, same thing with Ohio state, you know, urban Meyer left. And Ryan Day's, you know, done fine with them. So I do think that uh, we need to get to that point. Maybe, maybe you know, Freeman can be the first, the, be that Kirby Smart, you know, who was there, who was there first and stayed for a little bit and went on to coach his own team, and uh, and it kind of instills that that continuity. But uh, we're not. I don't think we're at that point just yet where we can have a, a coordinator for a year or a coordinator for two years and then expect the exact, you know, the, the program to just stay level. Right. Uh, another interesting thing, uh, Will Muschamp was out. He was, I guess he was, I don't know if he was offered the Texas job, but I guess he, you know, said he, he wasn't interested. That would be interesting. Like as far as people coming back, but then I, I think it's the same situation again, where you know, if Will Muschamp, came back to LSU for like a year or two, then, you know, you might be looking to head coach somewhere else again. Um, I mean, that's just the ambition with some of these guys, you know, especially the young ones, the up and comers that you want on your team. Uh, you know, they have their, their sights set high and, you know, that's, that's their prerogative and so be it. Um, but I guess we'll, we'll keep an eye out for, for any names, who knows, somebody may surface before we finish this pod. Uh, but I did want to mention a couple other offensive, uh, people that LSU is expected to meet with one of which would be, uh, Carolina Panthers quarterback coach, Jake Peets. I hope I'm yeah. Peets. I don't think there's any other way to say it. Um, he would be uh, interviewed for the offensive coordinator position, uh, according to Yahoo Sports. Uh, and they're also going to m- meet with another Panthers assistant in DJ Mangus. Uh, but I guess he would be looked at for their passing game coordinator. And I think both of these might excite some people because they think, oh, well, maybe we're getting some semblance of, of Joe Brady back. They, they breathe the same air that Joe Brady <laughs> <Yeah>. has. <laughs> right, right. They are. So they, they have D- the same DNA now. Perfect. Um, which I don't know. You would think though. Um, all right. Well, maybe it's rubbed off, but that's what we expected this past year when we knew, well, you know, we're losing Brady, but we're keeping Ensminger. He was the one calling plays anyway, but you know, I just, it didn't quite look the same, but there's one thing that stands out here, which is something actually, I think I mentioned to you guys, um, off, off the pod. Uh, it's like whoever LSU gets, and again, if we're looking for one of these hires that's going to be here for a few years to kind of help build something, uh, I think they got to have somebody that can develop a quarterback or just find a quarterback that is ready. Because there's so many programs out there that can, you know, find a quarterback and whether or not they need him to step in in that their freshman season, seems like there's so many guys out there that they just have QBs that can step in as a freshman if need be. Um not and good. as we all know, he's really developed uh, Teddy Bridgewater very well. Exactly. 
Um, the Panthers didn't, you know, they just didn't quite cut it this year. Uh, but yeah, Teddy, Teddy B looked good. No, but I mean, still, like, that's, that's one thing unless she was missing though, is like, I don't know. Uh, I'm not going to say Teddy bridge part but yeah, just, you know, somebody like, remember, um, when we had Jimbo Fisher, it's like, could you, could you imagine if, if LSU had like the same level of like a Jamarcus Russell, uh, you know, in college, not pro Jamarcus Russell, uh, with with the you know the purple drink and not watching game film and all that, but like the college guy, like if they had that same level of quarterback play, you know, it doesn't even have to be the same dude, but just that same level, like at Oklahoma. Yeah, like now, now what are we talking about? You know, um, but you know, until we see that, then you know, we're always going to be. I, I feel like kind of yo-yoing. Up and yeah. down between good and, years and bad years. And this is another kind of one of the situations like Tommy was talking about where there hasn't really been that many names talked about for this position. Pete's is kind of the first guy to emerge. I mean, there was some fan speculation about just like random people, but uh, this is kind of the first solid one that I've seen. They did interview um, uh, Lombardi from the Saints, Saints quarterback coach Joe Lombardi last week, I believe. That was confirmed. But he's interviewed for multiple jobs. Um, across college football and has never he's turned him down uh people say you know he wants to stay in the nfl so i guess you know especially if you're with the saints right now like i guess you want to stay with them but um yeah i think pete's is the first one yeah other yeah lombardi i think was a, was one was probably the first one but pete's is the is probably number two i would think right and then wikipedia actually updated jake pete's uh Wicked, or profile. His, yeah, his profile. It just says offensive coordinator for LSU Tigers football team. So I guess it was either some troll or somebody's got the scoop uh, there. Uh, at least at January fourth, six forty nine Central Time, uh, you can go on Wikipedia and see that Jake Peets is the official coordinator for LSU. Or you can you can go to Talking Tigs, uh, take your pick, Twitter or, fa- or Instagram. We posted it to uh, just to just to you know send it out there to the masses and see what they think. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, I'm, I'm just, I keep checking because there always seems to be like some news trickling out, like right as we, right as we get off, uh, get off the pod. But um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I, I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't really heard of uh, Pete's or Mangus. I don't know if it's like these big names that, you know, they, uh, you know, maybe, maybe the fan base was hoping for, but uh, yeah, maybe, maybe it is time that, uh, you know, we just, we, we get the right person, maybe not like a big name. Cause uh, you know, there might be other issues that come with that. Because remember, we wanted Jimbo really bad. And I mean, look at him. He took his team almost to the playoff. Um, I mean, they, they won their bowl game. They only had one loss this year, which is saying a lot for, for A&M since, you know, they joined the SEC anyway. But I remember we were clamoring for Jimbo. Uh, but I don't, you know, how, how long did it take him to to get to this point? So I, and I mean, but he, he was good at offense, though. I mean, he did win a title. Um I just, I don't, I don't know if we're going to get that. Uh, I'm fine with Coach O if he can get a, a good ace, a good OC and DC hire. Um, I think the rest will just kind of fall into place. And, and I mean, you know, Joe Brady wasn't a big name until he was. Right. Yeah. When when people said, oh, they just hired this guy from the Saints. Okay, cool. You know, and everybody talks about Brady. And you're right, Scott. You know, like at the beginning of the season, we were like, oh, well, we still have Insminger. He was the one really calling the plays. Um, and I think that was generally true. Like, you know, what people said uh, at the beginning of the season, you know, oh, don't worry, there's going to be there's going to be that continuity that we talked about. They're going to still run the spread. They're going to still uh, you know throw the ball around a lot. They're going to still, you know, be innovative in the passing game. I think that was probably you know seventy percent true. The things that that we did miss were one, we didn't have a Heisman Trophy quarterback. And two, I do feel like we lost some of that, some of the really innovative stuff that we were doing. You know, some of the kind of, I, I think back to, uh, I think it was the Auburn game or um, maybe the Ole Miss game last year. You know, randomly, you're, you know, you're watching this game and randomly uh, Jamar Chase goes into the backfield as like a running back right next to, to Joe Burrow. And then he runs like a wheel route you know, that was like, you didn't see anything kind of where, like, where you like scratch your head, like, oh, wow, what are they doing this time? It did seem like it was a little bit more, now it was still spread. It was still a lot of what we saw last year. It was still a lot of, you know, mesh plays, slants, 
screen passes, that kind of stuff. But it didn't seem like it had that young, you know, innovative, new touch that we, you know, that's, and I think that's what people really liked out of Brady and what he brought. Um, so, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe Mr. Pete's is the man to bring it to us. Yeah. Or, and I think the other thing that, and I'm saying, I'm sure a lot of LSU fans, if you're, if you're a Brady fan, then you're probably clamoring to get Pete's and Mangus in there because, you know, maybe he'll just have like the, uh, the, the, you know, he can just recreate the magic, whatever it was, you know, he could just ask his, his boss, Joe Brady, like, what did you do? And he'd say, Oh, I did X, Y, and Z. And he said, okay, well, I'll go do that. So maybe that, maybe that's what we're looking for. That's not what we got out of Linehan and maybe we can get that out of Pete's. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the both of them will, uh, you know, kind of make up for, for Joe Brady himself. But I, I will say this too, in addition to your, uh, you know, your, uh, your point about, you know, not having the same quarterback. Um, and not just that, I don't know, it just seemed like a young inventive offense. Uh, I mean, it's also, you know, we didn't have the same offensive line either. And, you know, who knows how much of the playbook they like had to pare down just because of, you know, you know, just the personnel they had, you know, it's like it, I think I still believe though, that this season would have looked slightly different, not incredibly different. Like I don't think LSU would have been a, a, re- a repeat uh, appearance in the playoff, but you know, if they didn't lose all the guys, they did, you know, at different points in the season, like if they had everybody and everybody was on the same page to start the season, including Jamar chase, you know, I think it might've been a little bit different. I, I still think the offensive line was, you know, a big, a big uh, weak spot for the tigers, but next year, it sounds like that won't be the case, you know, with all these guys coming back. So whoever comes in, hopefully they got a, you know, a good offensive line to work with. Cause without that, you know, it doesn't really matter what kind of plays you're running. If, uh, if you got three Alabama guys in your face, the whole game. Um, speaking of uh, Alabama guys in your face, do you guys, uh, do you guys see these, these, all the playoff games and bowl games? I gotta be honest. I didn't really watch as many bowl games this year just because, uh, maybe maybe the holidays just kind of came and went in a in a flurry. I had some you know a lot of family in town. I was just distracted, but I didn't really watch as many games. Uh, maybe it's because of the matchups weren't exciting, but a, a lot, lot of the games were canceled too. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, the playoff games held firm, and Alabama looked the parts as I thought they did. I thought Ohio State kind of surprised me. I thought. Um, I thought that game would have been slightly closer, but Ohio State looked fresh. I'll say that. You know, we were all saying, you know, do they even deserve to be here? And we were like, no, not really. But I mean, they they're obviously good enough to be in the playoff. It was just a question of, you know, whether the playoff committee thought they deserved to be there, which they did, and they are. And now they're playing Alabama for a title game, which you know could 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 be a good game. I, I still think Alabama will edge them out, um, but. I don't know. I think they just kind of kind of ran away with it. It's like um, I don't know. Um, looked like the LSU game last year against Clemson, right? Like Clemson just kind of kind of ran into a little bit of a wall. But um, I don't know what, what what other games stood out to you guys. For me, the uh, the best bowl game was Coastal Carolina versus Liberty. I don't know if y'all watched that one. It had the insane ending where uh, the Liberty guy tried to fall down to end the game, and then Coastal Carolina tried to pull him into the end zone, but Liberty's like own lineman stripped his running back, and then Coastal Carolina recovered it to send it overtime. And then Liberty blocked the field goal attempt in overtime to win it. So that was a, a wild game. But, yeah, they're pretty entertaining. Oklahoma thrash Florida. Loved um, that. So sorry, Gators. The SEC overall did pretty good. I think they were like six and two in the bowls. I think so, yeah. Um, ACC, I believe, went zero and five. They didn't win they a did. single game. Yikes! Uh, so sad for the the Coastal Conference. I liked them. Um, I liked the A and M uh, A and M North Carolina game. We watched that one together. That was a good game. That was good. That was good. Um, I also I, I watched the Cincinnati Georgia game. Pretty, you know especially watching Cincinnati's defense just because of Marcus Freeman being, you know, the highly touted name. And I think I was, I was very impressed with, with their defense. A lot of people have been talking about him um, before, uh, before that bowl game as an LSU candidate. And I'd watched Cincinnati, but I never really paid attention to, you know, paid attention to them like big time, but that game I did. And I think they, they really uh, impressed me. 
Yeah, and then shout out uh, ULL. They took down UTSA uh, to finish 10-1 and one on the season. So best team in Louisiana? Probably so. Um, but ULL's been rolling. We had talked about Billy Napier as like a, a coaching candidate a couple weeks ago for various positions. but uh, He interviewed for Auburn. They supposedly really liked him. Yeah, but then he just said he wanted to stay at ULL. So I guess if he's, if he's building a good program, then respect to him. So that's pretty cool. And, and on, the, uh, on the playoff games, I think that uh, – yeah, I saw a tweet that said it's it's real easy to you know Scott you said they that Ohio State looked really looked fresh said well it's you know it's easy to look real fresh when you've had six bye weeks <laughs> right. and you know that I think that that's kind of what showed now I don't think anybody disputed that they had the talent to be there I think it, like you said it was more of do they deserve it have they had they earned the spot um, I I tend to agree with you Scott I don't think they did but they definitely were good enough. And I, I thought they looked really, really good against Clemson. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Clemson, I guess was, you know, I don't know if not having their offensive coordinator was that big of a deal for them. I mean, you know, obviously their offense didn't really produce, but I don't know if it was more of Ohio state being just the better team or if they really missed out on having, uh, you know, their OC on the field, but um, regardless, you know, Man, Ohio State looks pretty scary good. I think they I think they will keep it. I think they'll they'll probably play Alabama as, as hard as they've played all season, as hard as they've gotten all season. If but if if I'm if I'm betting, I'm probably gonna bet on the tide. Yeah. Also the streak got broken. And I think the, the number two team in the initial CFP rankings had won the championship the last four years, and it was Notre Dame this year, and then they got thrashed by Alabama. So I guess uh history can't go on forever. Wait, Notre Dame was the number two team in the country in the initial no. yeah in the initial playoff rankings oh, in the initial, oh, in, the initial oh, in the initial yeah yeah right okay like lsu was number two in the initial rankings yeah. last year and then yeah. ended up going on to win it and then clemson the year before etc true mm-hmm. um and then did you guys see uh well what i thought was interesting is after oklahoma thrashed florida which i i guess i'm still i mean they they, they lost a lot of guys like what florida's like top four receivers all like opted out. Just, I mean, they had almost everybody opt out on their offense other yeah, than like Kyle Trask. Why, why would you do that? It's like a national stage. It's like one last hurrah. I don't, I don't know. I just, I, I guess I don't get that. It's like, cause we made it okay, Scott, you know, we gave, we, we, the, the public at large college football, the media, they said, with this, you know, COVID is like the excuse. Like you can just say, oh, well, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about X, Y, and Z and I'm, I want to focus on the draft. And so it's, and it's okay to, to opt out. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't yeah, like I it either. I think it's terrible. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, don't know. I almost feel, I don't know if, uh, do you think, I don't know if that's the only reason that, that Florida lost. I mean, they looked bad. They looked yeah. bad. Kyle, with, Kyle Trask looked Kyle really Trask bad. looked bad. You know, I don't. I don't know if I think if they lost by a touchdown or lost by two touchdowns, you could say okay. Like they have, if they have Kyle Pitts and Tony, they win that game. But they got beat, and mm-hmm. Oklahoma looked really good to me. I think that that was the that's kind of the culmination of of all the talent that they've had. You know, it's they've got a, they're a lot like LSU. They got a really young team. They got a young quarterback. Uh, and, and a questionable defense. Uh, I think it's Alex Grinch. I know it's Grinch. Yeah. Yeah. Grinch. Actually their defense, their defense looks really good. Yeah. I think Oklahoma, like going into next year, Oklahoma is a team to watch. I think Spencer Rattler is actually the odds on favorite right now for the next year's Heisman trophy. I think he's like plus 400 or something. So four to one odds, but he doesn't have much competition. There's not really too many other studs in college football for next year. Yeah, there really is. I think Sam Howell of North Carolina is number two, which is pretty crazy that a UNC player is second for the Heisman. He's good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he almost uh, like not, not single handedly, but he was, he was about to uh, like beat, beat A&M, but A&M just kept coming back. Uh, Carolina's defense just couldn't stop A&M. But yeah, he looked good. I was like, wow, where'd this guy come from? But uh, I saw some weird story, like the guy, how, like he only eats chicken nuggets and chicken fingers. Oh, yeah, I saw, I yeah, saw he that said, too. He said he's never had a bite of steak or a hamburger and he only eats chicken. So. I just find that hard to believe, <laughs> I guess. Like, how have you never had a hamburger, even as a kid? That's just weird to me. Like, even as a, like a young man, don't you, don't you want to have a steak? 
Like, why wouldn't he? I don't know. Because, like, if you're a vegetarian, um, just, if you're a vegetarian like Justin Fields, then like you don't eat anything at all. But oh, right. I forgot Justin Fields like recently become became vegetarian. Yeah, before this season. So yeah. maybe it's uh, the key to their success. Maybe it is. Still, he and, still uh, looks huge. Yeah. So the uh, the thing about that Oklahoma Florida game to me was afterwards, like obviously the you know the Oklahoma fans, but uh, just I guess the rest of all the college football fans outside the SEC were just, you know, taking shots. Oh, the SEC, blah, 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 blah. And like, all right, it's one game. And, you know, we're just, like you said, we're still finished six and two, but it's like, look at the other games. Like LSU could have played in a bowl game. They chose not to. They probably could have won. Uh, Cause a three and seven Mississippi state team won. Uh, they beat a ranked Tulsa team, um, a Ole Miss team with a, you know, they beat um, Indiana. Yeah, thank you. Ole Miss beat Indiana, who was on the verge of playing in the uh, the Big Ten title game, and had the Big Ten allowed them to. It just they were just not allowed to because the Big Ten wanted Ohio State to play. So it's just you know just cool cool it with the SEC's not good talk because two two sub five hundred teams won in a bowl games they probably shouldn't even even been playing in in a normal year. So uh, it's like if a three and seven team can beat your your best team in a conference, uh, it's just just don't. Just, yeah, and and I mean, you know what? I, I'll I'll I would gladly sacrifice uh, Florida, and and watch them lose the way they did. Yeah, yeah. No, know, ex- and and just be able to just be able to watch that in exchange for some people being like, oh, the SEC's not good anymore, just because that was just glorious to watch. I was so glad to watch Dan Mullen. And then did you see the ter- like all the stuff that he all the stuff he said after the game? He was all, like all the stuff he listed. Well, that and then he was like. Yeah, like our our last game of the season was played two weeks ago. Like we that? didn't, you know. He he basically discount like he basically insulted that bowl. Said it do, insulted Oklahoma. Said we don't even care. The only game we cared about was playing Alabama in the championship. And since we lost, we're going to take our ball and go home. He's terrible. Yeah, he's a big big man, baby. He's Ooh, just a, he's just a Yankee. That's what he is. Yep. <laughs> Y'all want to y'all want to give some predictions for the, the championship here? Who you got? Let's do what it. What score? Ooh, Daniel, yeah, go pretty, first. Yeah. Oh, you put me on the spot. I I was kind of hoping I was going to be last, but I think I'm, I'm going to give the contrarian take and take Ohio State in this. I don't really know why because Alabama like is a juggernaut, but it just feels like there's some something, something's happening. Uh, they they look they look different. You know what I mean? Because before the semifinal, I said that Clemson's the only team that can beat Alabama. And then now I'm like, well, hold on here. Like Ohio State, they may actually be able to play. Their defense isn't very good, but if their offense plays like they did before, then there was definitely a chance because Alabama's defense is not the vaunted ones of old exactly. So I think I'm going to roll Ohio State 41-37. High-scoring game. Let's see. Wow. Scott? Um, I don't know. I uh... – I think uh, I think Alabama is gonna uh, like I said I think Alabama will will edge them out but I you know I just I just don't see how anyone really this year uh, could stop Mac Jones with Najee Harris and Devontae Smith and everybody else who they have on that team you know and just take out the defense like just I just don't see how anyone can stop them because no one has yet not, not even come close you know um, I I would say Alabama. Let's say Alabama 41, Ohio State 31. All right, Tom, you're the tiebreaker. So right now the 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 number is Alabama minus seven and a half, and the over-under is 75. I think I think the over definitely hits. I think this is gonna be a high scoring game. I think both of you are right. Um, you know, these are uh you know, these, both of these teams, I, I think Alabama's defense is pretty good. It's, but these days with the way football is, you know, it's not a defensive sport like it was 10 years ago. No. Um, Alabama has all the weapons. They probably have the highest. I mean, well, no, they almost certainly have the Heisman Trophy winner. Um, one of them, <laughs> whether it's Mac Jones or Devontae Smith. Uh, and Najee's up there as well. I think the key to this game might be uh, Sermon, though. He, it's Trey Sermon, right? Yeah, yeah. Trey, he looked like an absolute stud. I think he looked better than uh, than Justin Fields in that game against Clemson. He ran all over him. He had their he had his way with the Tigers. Um, 
I think if, if Ohio state can run the ball with him, they've got a really, really good shot. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think this game that game could be a one possession one score game it could even go to overtime just because that's the thing that Alabama can do like you know they everybody can throw the ball around these days if you're going to win in college football you have to be able to throw it and and you know play basketball on grass but Alabama still has the ability to impose their will on you with Najee Harris when they hand the ball off to him it's you know it's six it's basically six yards you know given um and he's good out of the you know you can you can throw to him he's good out of the backfield he's good as a receiver sermon i think that was the first time i'd really seen him you know be an absolute stud against a team that we you know we thought should have been uh you know their their toughest challenge and they pretty much i feel like they kind of made quick work of them so i think sermon yeah i think trey sermon is the key to this game if, they, if I think I think if if Ohio State if, if Sermon can get going and really run well, I think it's a coin flip. But I uh, I still think I still think Alabama wins it. I, I do think, too. I think they're too tough, and I, you know what? I think they have. Although there's they, a, lot, a lot of build up here. Well, they are they are missing their center. That that was another one. I don't know. It didn't really matter against the other thing. And, and this, I, I know I'm building this up a lot, but just something else to consider. The other thing that, that Notre Dame did pretty well was they did control the ball against Alabama. They you know, they were able to basically just keep the ball away from Devonte Smith and Mac Jones and Najee. And, you know, they didn't necessarily score a lot, but they just held the ball and it kept the, it kept that score lower. It stopped Alabama from being able to score imagine imagine a world where you can do that but you have a potent enough offense to actually also put up points on the board i think i think ohio state has the has the ability to control the ball i I would i would almost expect them to do it hold the ball if if, like i said if sermon can get running hold the ball milk 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 the clock and then say hey justin fields throw it 100 yards go score a touchdown and win the game for us so that's why I think it could be a one position game or, you know, a coin flip. I still think Alabama wins it probably, you know, seven times out of 10, eight times out of 10. I'm excited about this game. Uh, as for a score, I'd say, you know, yeah, I think it's going to be a high scoring game. I'd say like, you know, 42, 35, Alabama, maybe uh, 49, 42, unless Ohio State's able to really really impose the will on their run yeah it uh, looks like well you guys have it like within one score i i just think it'll be like a little 10 i think it'll be some scoring in bunches though you know whatever it is because sorry not to interrupt but the only thing that kind of feels about this game to me is like the championship two years ago when alabama was kind of steamrolling everybody and not that people had counted clemson out they were undefeated as well i think clemson came in and just like shut them down that's true and then alabama was like is this even the same team and then clemson <laughs> beat them by like 20 something or more points uh and so maybe the same type of situation could happen not that alabama is going to get a flattened obviously i think but, this alabama team is better than that team though you know yeah, I mean that was Tua's first year as a starter. Yeah, it was Tua. It was Jerry Judy. It was uh, Henry Ruggs. It was, I guess, freshman Devonte Smith. No, he was a sophomore. Sophomore Devonte Smith at that point. Um, Najee. He was a freshman. He was a freshman when they won it with Tua against Georgia. Right? Oh yeah, because like, he, he caught. Yeah, he caught the pass. Um, yeah, so he's a sophomore. Hmm. Maybe you're right, Daniel. I don't know. I could. I can, I. I don't think it's. I don't think it's beyond belief to have Ohio state win this game. No, no. I, I mean, I, I would, I guess I would be surprised, but uh, I wouldn't be, it's not out of the realm of possibility at all. Uh, I just feel like Saban just has it this year, uh, but you know, who knows? We got surprised a few years ago, so m- maybe again this year, but I just, I, I, I do know. think well, I mean, it will be a good game. Now. It will be a good game. It's so hard. The, it's so hard this year to bet against the tide. I know. Uh, the, the question is: Do you think? Do you think the experience of playing a full schedule? Do you think that benefits or hurts Alabama? 
I, I think it benefits them. You know, they've had to work through some things. You know, sometimes, like you said, you can look great all season, but then one game when you're just not expecting it. It's like, you know, the Patriots, remember that? They were like 17-0, and 18-0, and and then they lost the Super Bowl. It just... I don't know. It didn't. That doesn't mean that you know you're you're just gonna you're just gonna take it because of the great season you had. You still got to beat the guys in front of you. I I feel though you know the normally it would like it would wear you down. Like you would lose guys. Um, normally it would. It feels like the the first game of the playoff. You know, where Saban had like two to three weeks to prepare for it. I would say no, without a doubt. Uh, probably probably Alabama, but uh, they both got about a week's time. Uh, that's why I feel like it's just going to be two really good teams knocking heads, knocking helmets, and um, Alabama is just going to be too tough for them. It'll be a treat to watch regardless. Yeah. Um, speaking speaking of, the, of a, as a treat to watch, uh, do you guys see that LSU basketball is actually ranked right now? Tigers were looking good. I mean, they they it might not be for this, long. This <laughs> I know. But they, you know, they did beat Texas A&M, which you know, it was a good, it was a good win. They blew them out, actually. But uh, Tigers are still sitting at six and two, and they're they're ranked. Um, I think they're going to have a you know a freshman uh, freshman All American. Um, but uh, I don't know. It remains to be seen. Obviously, they're just getting into SEC play. But I just you know thought it was worth mentioning because that was uh, that was that was uh, you know refreshing to see. Yeah, Cam Thomas is kind of the real deal. He's number five in the country in scoring offense, 24 and a half points per game. Uh, the only freshman in the top 50 on the list. So he's balling out. Obviously, we fell to the only kind of stiff competition we've had so far in St. Louis and Florida. But if they can, uh, they've kind of been juggling the roster around a little bit, I think. If they can kind of get a, just a good group of five and then a solid like six and seven uh, to rotate in instead of kind of just flipping. And the situation's hard because they had COVID uh, stuff as well. But if they can get a good core group, uh, then there's definitely potential to make a run down the stretch. I don't know if y'all saw this, but they're having the entirety of March Madness in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. So that's Bubble. something interesting. Bubble City. Might as well, right? I mean, it worked for the NBA. It makes total sense. Yeah, um, I, li- I like bubbles. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, what I did like about the, the NCAA, the AA playoff, the turnoff tournament, though, it's you know, just all these different cities, people going everywhere. There's games on Thursday and it's just, it's all over the place and, and, and you love it, you know, and it's just, there's a games in the middle of the day and just, you know, in, in Texas and then there's games at night. And, you know, it's just, uh, I, I kind of like it. I'll, I'll miss that part of it. Um, but I guess it'll be interesting to see how they time it all. Cause it's all going to be in one, you know, like in the same place, same time zone. Is it going to be the same venue? I would imagine not. I don't think they've said the details. We had talked about this a couple of weeks ago where they're like, they're going to be playing like high school gyms and stuff for like some of the games. <laughs> that can be kind of cool. I don't know. Like the, the I, I would imagine that means they're probably not going to do fans. And you know, like the, uh, when the NBA played in their bubble, like they might as well have been playing in high school gyms. Like it was, I mean, it was literally just a basketball court with, with TVs around it. Yeah. With, with monitors of people watching the game at home or, or weird something weird like that it was weird yeah yeah i don't know i feel like they may have some fans there i i feel like you know they might have some uh conditions in place you know like i, I don't know, temperature checks at the door uh masks only um i don't know i mean it'd probably be safer if they just didn't but you never know it is like months away so i guess i guess we'll see two months um, to be exact two months there you go. So I didn't see. I was waiting for see see if anything else dropped. I don't think so, uh, news wise. Um, I don't know. Do you guys have any uh, any other thoughts before we uh, kind of wrap it up here? Uh, not too much. The only other thing I wanted to mention is that hopefully next week we will have former LSU football player uh, Mike Deplanis on to join us. Uh, he's my uncle, and he was offensive lineman, played in the '90s, and so hopefully he'll have some good uh, war stories yeah. uh, for the Tiger Nation. So I've been talking to him, and we'll be excited to to have him join us on the podcast. And it, he's doing 75 because he wore 75 when he played for LSU. So that's kind of the the plan here. Yeah, I'm excited yeah. about that. That's gonna be a fun a fun little interview for us. Indeed, indeed. Uh, you know, an old older player uh, played in probably a time that none of us really like. I don't remember much about the 90s maybe the late 90s that's kind of when i was starting to pay attention and you know was aware 
of you know just following players and that. So I'd, I'd be interesting. So I do remember a little bit. Uh, it, I guess it depends who he who he uh, played under, you know, coaching wise. Like I remember Jerry DiNardo, and that's it. Like after that, it was Saban, and I remember everybody after that. But then you know after the before the nineties, it's it's kind of a blur. So it'd be interesting to hear what he you know what he had to say about. Uh, his time there. So we're looking forward to that. Um, speaking of former LSU players, uh, I wanted to give a shout out to Justin Jefferson, Jay Jettas, uh, setting the NFL record for uh, you know, most receiving yards by a rookie. Uh, I don't know. I think the guy's had it, or he is going to be a offensive rookie of the year. Uh, so congrats to him uh, and all his success up in Minnesota. Um, that, that was it. You guys didn't have any, anything else, right? Um, that was all for me. Yeah. That's all for me. I think. Cool. So yeah, congrats to him. And I I think that'll just about do it for us here on talking ticks. Uh, we will check in back with you next week as we will have our special guest as mentioned. So we will have that for you as well as any other, uh, you know, coaching moves. Hopefully, you know, you can have something, something solidified by next week, even, uh, even if it's just eliminating the names that have been mentioned already. Uh, uh, but we'll have that for you as well. So until then, stay safe, stay tuned, and we will talk to you next time on Talking Takes.